Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzow. Yeah, because I mean, that's one thing you got to say about Dr. Dre is that he never really fell into it. He was like, I like hanging out with these people. This is cool. But like, I'm an artist. But yeah, I'm 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 basically a suburban kid from Compton. Uh, but I'm I'm a suburban kid. I'm not a fucking gangster. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> went and listened to Pause for Porno. What? Do you remember the Pause for Porno track on Chronic 2001? Who was I with? Oh, I, don't I think know. I was with Nick, and I think we were talking about it. We're mm-hmm. talking about Chronic 2001. Mm-hmm. And pause for porno is just it's one of those interlude tracks because like, Chronic 2001 is like 25 tracks. Maybe, yeah, yeah, it's more. a lot. And it totally the... ends with like a God song and shit. Yeah, it's so, yeah. such a cliche of the hip hop album. Yeah. Yo, praise be. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Whatever. But pause for porno is just the oh yeah, oh you fucking the shit out of us. He's like yeah, you bitch. Oh fuck. Oh, I'm a, I'm, you we coming so hard, you big dick motherfucker. We can't. I'm not. I'm calling oh, my my dick. Your all your face. Oh <laughs> yeah, we're coming in, come. <laughs> it's so funny. The, <laughs> it's so funny. The the thing of like him him not writing his own raps too. So every time, it's like. You know, uh, fucking NWA, it's Cube writing his lyrics. And then when it's G Funk time, it's Snoop Dogg writing his lyrics. And then when it's Aftermath time, it's Eminem and... writing Dr. Dre's lyrics, which also would be such a fucking thrill. You'd be like, I get to write what Dre says? Yeah. Like, holy shit. You know? It's like funny people, hey, write some jokes for me. But then when you hear it through that prism, you're like, oh, yeah, that is, that's a fucking, that's an Eminem line. Yeah, you right can tell. There. Yeah. You can do it. You can see it like when you watch like some of Louis. Oh, and then, and then on the newest one, it's what's his name? From Compton. Kendrick. Kendrick. Yeah. He's, he's writing Dre stuff. Yeah. And that's how it works. Like, you know, if you go, you you know, um, Louie and Nick DePaul used to write for Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can go back and watch some of those specials and be like, that's a Louie joke. Yep. Yeah. That's a DePaul joke. Yeah. Um, But they're Chris jokes. But you see where you, the. Yeah. Do you think you can see it from Pryor and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Mooney. Mooney, yeah. I would probably would have to uh, go back and study. Like I'd have to go back and watch like live on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, I think it would be probably more with the two of them just riffing. Yeah, instead of like seeing their like direct writing. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. Uh, Mooney was more. Um, if there was a joke about the culture, that was more Mooney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fryer was more like drug shit and fucking. Yeah. And Mooney was like, "This is what's happening in the world." Right, yeah, dude. That alive and I think it's called Live and Smoking. It's a it's a unaired prior special where it's yeah. just him in a club smoking a cigarette on stage for like fucking two hours. It's like such a raw yeah thing, and it is good, dude. Dude, yeah. it's, it's it's him. Like they all talk, hold up. They all hold up. And yeah. it's it's way more. It's 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 way more Lenny Bruce style. Like he's just being he's talking about like hooking mm-hmm. and yeah. like sucking guys' dicks yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh my god, you're. And it's still really funny, and it's so <laughs> yeah. funny how um, imitated he is. But then when you watch it, you're like, this isn't imitatable. It's not. It, it hasn't been imitated. He it's been is, attempted. He's yeah. comedy's Kubrick. 
yeah. and that he figured it out before everyone else did, and people are still trying to catch up. Yeah, he he, he invented a white person voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the first person to ever do that. Mm-hmm. That was imitated like crazy. Yep. So it's like more like the tropes, I guess, yeah. were imitated. But uh... and he distilled down the he the art form is still his. He invented the structure. Yeah. There was no other... Lenny Bruce was just ranting. Yeah. and But he was the first one to, like... I mean, you can maybe talk about Cosby, but... Yeah, he kind of... It's, it's, I mean, to me, it's it's Pryor Carlin invented the, the comedy special format. Yeah. yeah. Of, like, um, the the bit re- reaches a, a crescendo, yeah. kind of, and, and then, then you move, on, you move on, to on to the next, next thing yeah. and stuff. And I, uh, I, I saw an incredible one. It might be the one you're talking about. I'm not sure, but it's... Uh, it's him at the old uh, New Yorkers to have an improv. It is. That's the one. And they 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 still don't know, which cracks me up. Yeah. Because there's improvs all over the country. Yeah. And they never redid the improvisation, the original. Yeah. Improv. It's like super tight, like the very, camera's super tight, tight on him, and he's smoking. Yeah. And it's like the idea and it's that... rough. Like it's just like I don't even know if the, somebody's he talks about like somebody's recording back in there. It looks borderline like it's Liquid Zoo. It does look, it looks like the liquid zoo. Yeah. And it, it's, it's somebody who just put up a camera. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he mentioned there's no editing. It's just a camera on. Yeah. It's really good. Highly recommend it. If anybody, uh, are we, we're recording this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess I should introduce the show. Hey. Sure. Hi on- guys. It is Profiles and Eccentricity, the very special Patreon edition. Um, we absolutely love you guys. Um, some of you guys have been getting some merch in the mail, sending us some very nice notes. I got a great one from James Bell today. Hey. Um, he said he, he relished the idea of me licking the envelope as he, <laughs> he ran his thumb underneath the flap. Mm. I was like, what a perfect pervy fucking tribute. Yeah, that's good. Yes. Uh, when you guys send us notes like that, it, it really warmed my spirits. I, I, I read James's notes. To, it's to very hard. It's very nice. Very, very sweet. Very um, nice. Feel free to DM us, like, all sorts of shit. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and um, you know, sometimes we out. might not get back to you guys, like, but... We're every, reading it. Every time you, you suggest a profile and people we should look into and stuff like that, it's always um, getting the wheels turning. We're always reading it. Yes. Um, trying to be better about getting back to everybody, for sure. Um, but when you guys message us, it, uh, it means the world to us. It's like so fucking crazy that, I mean, just the subscribers are around 80 ish right now. Yeah. 122. Um, 122 subscribers. Yeah, oh, looked. really? Yeah. Do I got to take my shirt off? <laughs> not, not yet. Oh, $1,000. $1,000 a month. is $1,000 a month on the Patreon. And I will be, uh, recreating the Mishima. Yukio Mishima. Yeah. Hot butt. <sighs> That'll be great. That would be great. Thousand dollars is nice. Thousand dollars a month is very, very nice. Um, I uh, we want this to be our job. Tell people. Yeah, we uh, we just um, we just finished the the Halloween episode, uh, the episode that came out on Halloween. Great, with, uh, Carl Tanzler. That was suggested mm. by Taya, who is a uh, a listener of the program. And if I'm not mistaken, I I was just scrolling through Instagram um a little while ago. And I, I could be mistaken, but I feel like she went as Lydia Dietz for Halloween. I don't. I haven't seen that. I think so. Really? Uh, yeah, very, yeah, very, yeah. Nice. Very, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. I mean, wonderful job. It, it, Beetlejuice just—it's it, the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. It never gets dated. No, it's an incredibly original picture that is just like it's. It creates a, a massive, massive world. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch that movie, I'm always like, "Fuck! I just want more." Where yeah. does where does this room go? Yeah. And like what? Like what kind of other crazy shit is the going on there? Football team. <laughs> it's amazing too because it's like. If you watch the OG Batman, that shit is dated as fuck. Yeah. But Beetlejuice is so 
out of left field and uh it's impossible to be dated yeah and 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 the practical effects in it versus cg mm-hmm. obviously make it look way way better but it's um it's just so fucking good yeah and uh just the entire idea is like distilled to um after death demon for hire human bullshit still continuing yeah human like nonsense drama still goes yeah. on and on it's just so fucking good man um this episode, Matt, you have one of my favorite things on the program where you bring a list of things. <laughs> yes, that I love yes. lists. All coming right. together. Uh, this is this is really, really, really special to me every time you do this on the show. The piss and music thing is one of my mm-hmm. favorite things on the show ever. Um, anytime you do any shit like that, it, I, I love it because those are the types of magazine articles I want to read. Yeah. Always. And that's the kind of stuff I want profiles to do is just like, here's all, all the shit under this one weird umbrella. Yeah. I absolutely adore that. So... Tell me what we're getting into today. Uh, well, I got this idea from this uh, book called The City's End. By this guy named Max Page. And uh, um, he basically talks about the, what I'm going to talk about, which is uh, all the ways that New York has been destroyed in uh, fiction. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and some of the things that happen in real life, too. Uh, so we can go all the way back. Let's go to the Revolutionary War. Uh, the British, for about uh, six years, they occupied New York City. And I don't think that's talked about a lot. No. Uh, they burned a bunch of it. Oh. Uh, and so that was, you know, uh, that was a, a serious problem. And uh, after I would the, say that, yeah, I, I would, would agree say, that yeah. burning down a city is a serious problem. <laughs> and I think, I think Washington uh, and his uh, his cross in the Delaware that was part of him, uh, uh, part of the first uh, retaking of New York started really? there. I believe so. Because oh. uh, yeah, they held it for six years. I mean, that's almost the whole war. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's New York. Yeah. The idea that that they would let these things go that were named after their English cities, yeah, exactly, yeah. is pretty insane. They're like, this isn't fucking new fucking Iroquois house, right? It's fucking New York. <laughs> well, it was New Amsterdam. It was, right, it, it was. was, and then they're like, fuck Dutch, fuck the Dutch, yeah. yeah, New York. Maybe that made them shift faster. Yeah, oh, man, fuck it, this used to be New Amsterdam. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in 1824, here's a great story. I don't have time to go into all of it. In 1824, there's this wonderful scam Ooh. pulled on the residents of New York uh, by this man named, just named Lozier, and uh, his friend John DeVoe. Everybody called him mm-hmm. Uncle John DeVoe. And Lozier uh, convinced DeVoe and all of these people in New York that the city was too heavy on one end. And <laughs> Checks out. He yeah. said. He said the island it was already sagging. It was too heavy on the battery end, uh, too many large buildings, and uh, and you can already see because it was downhill from City Hall. So clearly it was already Sinking. sagging. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if he saw it in '92, he'd be have a full blown panic attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he convinced the mayor, Lozier did, that they had to saw off the island at Kingsbridge, and then flip it over and reattach it. Easy, of course. Yeah, you hire a couple guys to do that overnight. Yeah, some patties. Yeah, <laughs> a <couple of> mules. <laughs> and so there's Irish this local there's, there's this local market area where everybody would hang out, and he convinced everybody there, over 200 people, that they had to do this. And so they brought all this food to him, and they brought all these workers signed up to work on it, the sawing and the flipping and the reattaching, and then he took it all and disappeared. Oh God, that's brilliant. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> all the food good. went bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you gonna yeah. do with refrigeration? What are you gonna do with all this food? Idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, he still probably got out with a yeah, full pro- belly. Probably went into selling bridges after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We gotta, we gotta cut it and flip it. Oh, huh? cool. Copy paste. Uh, 
But I guess I guess probably like a like a scary uh, like rumor like that could probably take hold back then. You'd be like, "Yo, we got to saw and flip this island quick, dude." <laughs> yeah. It's sagging. Yeah, it's sagging. I mean, it's downhill. Look, the guy's got a point. Sagging, you get the saw it off and 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 flip it. Tell that to my wife's breast. <laughs> Uh, a real thing that happened in 1830, uh, all of the 30s in New York, there was a cholera epidemic. Yeah. And then 1835, most of lower Manhattan burned down. Mm-hmm. And 1863, there were the Civil War riots, where a bunch of Irishmen killed as many black people as they could find, basically. Yeah, well, they had those cushy jobs on plantations. Yeah. Uh, they killed about 120 people. 100% employment, dude. <laughs> they had to bring the military in to stop them. Uh, 1888, there was a real blizzard. That crippled the city, of course. Yeah. But, uh... Around, not, not a fake one. Not a fake one. This is a real one. Damn. But in the 1880s, uh, there was, all of a sudden, fiction was being published more often, and there were three themes that emerged from this period of New York. One was New York became a victim of its own size. The other one was internal corruptions destroyed the city from within. Mm-hmm. Race. And uh, also, they were threatened from abroad. And so... What was their name? Hey! <laughs> ISIS. You know, I just want to say real quick, the, the fucking, the Irish thing, I mean, just the, 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 the ignorance of, you know, they, they show pretty well in Gangs of New York, where the, the rage is, you're getting off the boat and you're immediately conscripted into the army. Who do you blame for that? Black people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck are you bitching about? Like, what the fuck? There's no black guy shoving you in a fucking navy blue PTO. uniform, <laughs> sending you down to fucking Louisiana to get slaughtered. Like, yeah. your your idea is, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the white supremacists. Like, yeah. oh, you know, we're fucking uh, disenfranchised whites. Who controls everything? Blacks and Hispanics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's so it's dumb. It's so fucking dumb. It's such a divide and conquer move. But it's like the thing I always say about the divide and conquer move is, is you don't see the people because they're in a high rise. Yeah. yeah. Who Who do you see? A fucking, you know, like a, a Mexican immigrant. Yeah. So why not blame him? Of course. Yeah, he's must, right there. He's on your level. Yeah, it must be his fault. He's down here. Yeah. <laughs> Look up. Oh, God. So bad. If you want to see who's fucking you in the ass, turn around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. 1886, the story is called The Destruction of Gotham by Joaquin Miller. Ooh. And uh, the city basically burns down. Here's a, here's a quote from the book. The very earth was on fire. The oil, the gas, the rum, the thousands of filthy things which man in his drunken greed had allowed to accumulate on the face of the island appealed to heaven for purification. And I whispered, no. (laughs) And also the women were becoming less uh, women-like, which was always a very dangerous thing. Oh, yeah, they started flexing out. Yeah, yeah, they started being fancy. giant, uh, what do we call them, tail clits? (laughs) Tail clits. (laughs) Fucking ass clits. (laughs) Uh, 1890, a story called... (laughs) Caesar's Column, in which New York City is destroyed by the Brotherhood of Destruction, a vast group of proletariats that overthrow the Jewish-led oligarchy that exploited them. Ah. Uh, yes, yes. But one thing, one thing that always happens with New York City is uh, uh, something Henry James says. He's a provisional city. It's, it's, it's a dreadful chill of change, he called it. Uh, and uh, O. Henry said it'd be a great place if they ever finish it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I heard that attributed to uh, Shaw. Oh, okay. George Bernard Shaw. Oh, I don't know who actually. It's one of those fucking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds good. So everybody said it. But uh, uh, the architect, Mark Twain. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. The architect, uh, uh, Le Cabousier, uh He was an architect in like the forties and fifties and stuff. But he also said the same thing as Henry James. He said New York is nothing more than a provisional city, a city which will be replaced by another city. Yes. And you know, New York is always in flux. There's always yeah. the new thing is put on top of the old thing. Yeah, it's right. a constant work in progress. Right. right. As is 
But I think I think the thing uh, about New York and, and maybe even America in general that people would think is so unsustainable is that it's uh, kind of groundless because it is it's it's just it's not a city based on history. It's a city based on opportunity. Right. And there's not really any lore or mythology or anything behind it. It's just a city for the sake of being a city, which later on people would, I think, understand was its strength. Sure, but but yes. at the time you would be like, this isn't going to work. This is a yeah. fucked up experiment. And there's there's nothing yeah. uh, here but a bunch of people trying shit out all at the same time, and it must fail. Yeah, presumably. Right. I mean, you bring in all of these lower the people coming in for work, and they, right. all of a sudden, certain neighborhoods are bad ones. You know, because right. they're they're full of uh, uh, undesirables. Undesirables. Right. Uh, in 1902, New York Times prom- promoted a lecture series called a Warning Lecture, uh, and it said this: "The cup of sin is almost full. God warned Babylon. God warned Sodom." Where is Babylon now? The Dead Sea covers its ashes. God is warning New York. Will you listen? Wow. Won't uh, you? <laughs> Won't you? And so New York Times continued doing this. 1907, they, uh, they told the story of this prophet. What, they were, they, New York Times was seriously screaming, God is, is going to smite us? You know, it's classic New York Times where they're like, we're just promoting all sites. You know, we want everybody to tell their story. Right, right. Was this yeah. an op-ed? Uh, no, it was a series. They're promoting a lecture series that was in town. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So they're promoting the lecture series, but it wasn't like an article. <laughs> it right, wasn't right. the headline. Yeah. Right. Repent. Yeah. <laughs> but in 1907, the New York Times also published this story on this prophet from Connecticut named Horace Johnson, a quote unquote accurate weather prophet. Oh. He predicted the blizzard of 88. He predicted mm. the San Francisco earthquake. And he said Manhattan will be destroyed by an earthquake sometime in August. Wow. Oh. He said he waited. He knew it was going to happen for years, but he waited because he wanted to be completely sure. And it might happen in August. August of 1907. Oh, he, he made the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, this, like, he was saying this coming August. Oh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. just, yeah. Not just in any August, August in general. But right, sometime, right, right. sometime that's, in that's, August. That's yeah, pretty good odds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take a 1 in 12 shot. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the the Zeppelin was patented in the U.S. in 1899, a few years earlier in German, or Germany, as, a, as they call it. H.G. Uh, <laughs> Wells, in 1908, he published his story, The War in the Air, in which German airships... Uh, attack New York City, uh, and that never happened. No, nope. <laughs> and uh, and then in 1921, he, he republished it, and he, he his preface was was like, well, you know, maybe it didn't happen, but uh, you know, it, it could. And then 1941, his <laughs> preface. Yeah, he released it again in 1941, and his preface this time was, "Is there anything to add to that preface now? Nothing except my epitaph. I told you so, you damned fools." Wow. Because that's the way we were at war with Germany at that point. Yeah. Ah. Uh, 1909, there's a short story called The Tilting Island, in which a chasm opened up on 125th Street. All the utilities broke and fires came out. All, there, there were too many skyscrapers built on it. And uh, so, obviously, the chasm... Yeah, so you, you know. got to cut it and flip it. Of that's course. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. should have listened. Yeah. Told you. 1911, the second deluge. Earth collides with a quote-unquote watery nebula. A watery nebula. Yes. What the fuck is that? It's a watery nebula. I don't know. I know. What the fuck is a nebula? What a is, nebula what? comes from the Greek nebulous uh, uh, cloud. A watery cloud. Yes. Collides with well, New York. A cloud is water, so it's kind of a double. Sure, sure. yeah. Classic Greek pun. And uh, I'm, I, it could be Latin, but it's probably watery Latin. watery nebula. It's probably Latin, is not gonna... Greek. But nebula is a, it's also a term in space. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. For a gas cloud. Large, right. They eventually... You, you know, coalesce into perhaps a, 
a galaxy or what a strange thing to think would be the downfall of new york is a is a is a rain heavy cloud from from space right and only specifically new york yeah i just i i wonder if a watery nebula i think it's just hot buzzwords yeah <laughs> Ah, watery nebula. Yeah, it's a watery nebula. All nebula. I mean, there is there is a lot of things that also are like you know the you know the prophets are always telling you the times end in their time because they're narcissists. They're always saying the the cataclysmic pivotal events of history are 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 gonna are around the corner because I'm important enough to be alive to see it. It'd, it'd be if they were smart, they would say it's gonna happen. Oh, the end of the world's coming in like eight thousand years. Right. And then, yeah, yeah. If you're wrong, you're dead. Yeah, I think I think uh Who cares? You're dead. I think Nostradamus has has a, a date on it, um, on the death of the earth. Right. He had uh, a lot of wrong stuff. Uh, he did have a lot of wrong stuff. Um, I like the one his story about um when he his grave was robbed and he had a, a plaque paper of, tube put inside of his yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> plaster of insert yeah. face with a hole cut yeah, out of his mouth. Twenty five cents. Yeah, 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 I predicted Hitler. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Fuck my mouth. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do it. That's why I left it open. <laughs> JFK wasn't shot by one person. My face is your toilet. <laughs> my head goes back into the left too when you fuck me. <laughs> Fucking fucked all <laughs> dummy corpse Nostradamus. Uh, um, A third great Satan will arise out of the Middle East. <laughs> Speaking of rising, <laughs> um, when apparently when his grave was robbed, it had the date. He had was where he was wearing like a a plaque with that with that specific date. On oh him. yeah, 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 yeah. And it freaked the grave robber out or whatever. But that's a, oh, of uh, the date the guy would rob the yeah, grave. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. It's, 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 a, it's an apocryphal story. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so he covered the grave up and then re re put the grass in there. And yeah. Right well, I mean, right. there is. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to try to get down a whole rabbit hole of the fucking eccentricities of Nostradamus. But there, there is a lot there that is. Pretty incredible. I mean, he says, uh, I think Histler is written. Hister, something uh, like that. Yeah, he writes, he he, he draws the swastika. Um, he talks about, um, talks a lot, but it was all, it's all out of order and hidden because there was all this, this worry about witchcraft and stuff like that. And he did grow up in, um, this weird kind of hybrid Christian yeah, Jewish yeah, household. Yeah, exposed to a lot of Spo different and, and explored all of the spirituality stuff. And, and he was doing drugs. Yeah, and then, and then he started writing all this shit down, but, um, there's there's enough there to warrant interest in my opinion. Absol I mean, it's very very interesting. And it's it's lasted from from what century? The fifteenth or something? I think. I think. Fourteenth. Uh, it must have been the fourteenth or fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, Michel it, de Nostradamus. It, it, I mean, I think it, it stuck around for a reason. Yes, and, and he uh, was prolific. If nothing else, he was incredibly prolific. Yeah, there. I mean, there is a thing that I want to say later as Matt gets closer to uh, the the modern age. That ties back to Nostradamus, but I'll, I'll save it until we get uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. into more uh, modern history. Uh, because there was there was this thing I might have told you about it where it was fucking. Um, it's an uh, inside job, dude. Or Orson Welles. <laughs> Orson yeah, Welles. I've seen it. You have seen it. I, oh, dude, I remember watching it on History Channel. My dad uh, made me watch it immediately after 9 11 because he was like, he was like, I saw this on TV in the fucking uh, 80s, and and I was glued to it because of. All the, you know, it's fucking Orson Welles. He's all fattened behind the desk. Ah, <laughs> the French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, um, 
But he's going through all this shit. My dad was like, I was really impressed with like all this stuff, like the the shit, you know, like I talked about like Hitler and there's I think stuff Napoleon. about the Kennedys and Napoleon and all this shit. And then he talks about the great city. The the uh, the third great Satan being somebody out of the Middle East, which uh uh and he gives the longitude latitude of New York. And uh, he he says like basically there would be an attack here of a, a of a Russian linked uh, person from the Middle East, and my dad was like, in in the eighties it was all couched as uh, nuclear, and right. my dad was like at that point I got up and walked out because I was like <laughs> how fucking ridiculous what they're right, gonna fucking right. nuke New York, but he's like post nine eleven he was like I need to watch that special again yeah you know what I mean right but a lot of a lot of that has been like re interpreted like okay so what's the great city right define right. the great city okay. And then Russia, Russia didn't exist. Like, but the longitude it, latitude is indisputable. I don't, I don't even think those were delineated properly by his time, anyways. Yeah, yeah like maybe. So much of it is, and it's all written in like, listen, if it, it's all, it's all riddles and rhymes. Yeah, and shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. And intentionally vague. But I do, I do specifically remember seeing that on History Channel talking about the great city being destroyed. Yeah. Um. Uh, but it doesn't take a. Uh, a prophet to blame it all in the Middle East, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think all Russians. I don't know if he nails down a year or anything. No, but, but it is, uh, it is in there, and that was the whole. Yeah, we'll have to pull it up. We'll future watch. portion of 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 the show. Yeah, I do remember that though. Yeah, it was incredible. Used, that was when the History Channel was like peaking, and mm -hmm. right before it got into the ancient alien shit. Yeah, and it was, it was like in search of with Leonard Nimoy, and some of that like you know borderline non-historical stuff with the, like Nostradamus. Yeah. And it was really good. And then it became not very good. It's yeah. just great seeing fucking uh, Orson, Orson Welles. Welles hammered behind the desk. <laughs> yeah. We're not even going to make him stand up. No, he can't. <laughs> he can't. No, he can't stand up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue, Matt. Oh, okay. So anyway, the second deluge. Uh, watery nebula floods New York. One guy builds an ark and he lets all the men of science and morally sound women on it, as you do. I want... Of course. You know so what it was I want a, it was on a my Bible boat? Thing, yeah. yeah, I want... I'll, like, I'll take the men of science, but... What about the horny thugs? <laughs> Somebody's got to guard the boat. They've got a bigger boat. Yeah. They've got a bigger boat. I want to be on that boat. The, <laughs> the thugs and the morally unfit women. Uh, mm. Yes, yes. yes. Mm. Uh, 1912, A Darkness and Dawn. It's a story about a man and woman fall asleep in their office, and they wake up thousands of years in the future, and civilization is dead, and New York is overgrown, and they do that classic thing where they walk down Fifth Avenue and no one's around. Which then be copied by everything. Yes. That's what you do. Uh, they fall in love, and then later they discover that there's other humans, but they're all mixed race savages. Oh my god! Oh, god, oh. you fall asleep for a thousand years, and the whole world goes to shit. Yeah, can't even close my eyes. Yeah, but now you're a hot fetish. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. These centuries old white people. Yeah. Look at them. They're so pale. Oh my god, Aryan. They're so ignorant. Let's fuck them. <laughs> Uh, 1915, America Fallen, the sequel to the European War. J. Bernard Walker, he writes a story about the defeated Kaiser who sneaks off and he sets up a fleet of submarines to bomb New York. Hmm. Submarines. So, submarines, 1915. Well, if the bottom's fucked, then we can't flip it. <laughs> that's true. Maybe that's so, how you saw it, from underneath. <laughs> yeah. Doing our work for us, Kaiser. <laughs> Joke's on you, Wilhelm. <laughs> in, in 1916, they started selling ads with New York being destroyed. Uh, William Harrison Cady was a, a, a very a good painter, and he painted uh, these two pictures. One, the Unready Nation, which was New York and the Statue of Liberty. And then the second painting was the same frame, but the Statue of Liberty was dead and New York was burning, and it's called the Grave of Liberty. And but did she have, like, her tongue hanging out yeah. X's over yeah, her yeah, eyes? Yeah, that's how you do. Yeah. 
Uh, but it was used to sell Liberty Bonds. And the poster read that Liberty shall not perish from the earth by Liberty Bonds. Ah. Uh, yeah. It'd be a shame if something horrible <laughs> happened to your Lady Liberty. Right. It's a nice statue you got there. Be a real mess if something happened. How much to it. They, they closed off Liberty Island after 9 11? Like everybody was going to try to bomb this dumb thing. That's French. Yeah, nobody <laughs> yeah. gives a shit about that fucking stuff. It's all stupid... corroded. Yeah, and fucking New Jersey owns it. <laughs> it's supposed to be copper. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> like, what a stupid thing to yeah. attack. Would you hate Ghostbusters too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. I loved it. I loved it too. Personally, I, I like oh, it God. better. I saw it in the theater. Oh. Ooh, they spray all that gunk inside. Oh, and they start yeah. playing Jackie Wilson or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Good, Your t- love. good vibes and nut was the solution. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> all you gotta do is nut inside Lady Liberty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get her all jazzed up. <laughs> jazzed up. <laughs> Uh, 1920s, we had radio and uh, and film. So there's new 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 people, new terrors, new tech. Yeah, film. Uh, w. D. Du Bois. Uh, he wrote a story about a comet that crosses over New York, and the tail kills everybody with a burst of deadly gas. Oh That's boy! That's the most scientific sounding one yet. And uh, there's two women are all two people are all left: a black man and a white woman. Oh shit! And uh, <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> and he wrote, "Their souls lay naked to the night." It was not lust. It was not love. It was some vaster, mightier thing that needed neither touch of body nor thrill of soul. Right. It was thought divine. Splendid. Yes. Hey, uh, progressive well, they, had, they had, they had to, to fuck to have kids yeah, to right. fuck each other. And then, like the other stories... Last man on Earth. They explore more, and she yeah. finds... A hotter, blacker guy. She finds a group of white people, <gasps> and they're like, Watch out for that black man! And so then they split up. Wow. Aww. Yeah. Oh, Is that man. how... Yeah. Just like that? Yeah. Well, because it was, it was both the uh, W. Du Bois was writing both about uh, calamity, but also was a, um, about society itself. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes. So it is, it, it is a, okay, I got it. I'm thinking about it now. Uh, 1924, Upton Sinclair publishes The Millennium. Upton he Sinclair. wrote The Jungle. Right, The Jungle. You don't want to see how the sausage is made, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book, The Millennium, or the story, at least, uh, X-Radiumite. Is dropped on the city and all the people turn into dust. Mm. And there's a small group of survivors and they go through all the Marxian stages of, of, of building, uh, uh, rebuilding uh-huh. until like there's like a butler who takes power and becomes the most evil person among them. Hell yeah, payback yeah. time, yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Shine your shoes? Fucking shine my balls. I'm a master Bruce. Grown quite tired of waxing the Batmobile. Why don't you come and wax my scrot? I've grown tired of watching uh, the city hall officials uh, quarrel amongst themselves for my pleasure. So, uh, would you mind coming over here and perhaps giving me a good old uh, 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 lick wax? <laughs> Oh, fair. The butler. The butler strikes back. I love it. I love it. Butler strikes back is sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, The poet uh, Garcia Lorca, I think he's a poet. Yes. He he wrote uh, of New York, he wrote, Terrible, cold, cruel places, Wall Street. Rivers of gold flow there from all over Earth, and death comes with it. Which is, uh, that's pretty fun. Rivers of gold's got to be hot. Oh, yo, man. Some hot piss. A 1933 King Kong and Superman are both created. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. King Kong. The Both Knights. racial. Yes. Well, because I think originally Superman was a villain. He was a villain. Yeah. yeah. He was a uh, yeah. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. The Action Comics number one is is a villain. For real? Yeah. I didn't know that. I feel like I read that when I was a kid, and I still didn't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. And Superman is. It's a literal translation of Ubermensch. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's the 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 Nietzsche. Yes, yes. Nietzsche. 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 Like Porsche. Night Nietzsche. Right. Yeah. But even his ideas were bastardized by you know, you know, when when Nietzsche was talking about the Superman or the Ubermensch, he wasn't talking about a master race. Right. He was talking about something deeper. Yeah. Uh, and then um, King Kong as well. King Kong. Mm-hmm. Well, how how was that racial though? Uh. <sighs> A giant black threat from another country. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stealing your white women. Yeah, right. Exactly. You can't tame it. Yeah. Yeah. It's better, bigger and better than you. Right. And uh, so, I mean, King Kong does, I mean, all of these paintings um, would reference the Empire State Building, but King Kong was the first time there was like a physical, he climbed the Empire State Building. Yeah. Swatting down, you know. Yeah, all those plans. Yeah, it's fuck pretty, pretty dope. What a it, fucking blockbuster for its day, man. Yeah. Holy shit. And then it's been remade. It's so archetypal and like powerful that it's been remade a fucking hundred times. Yeah. The yeah. Jessica Lang one is good. Yeah. The the J- Peter Jackson one is all right. Oh, uh, the Jack Black one I saw on Christmas Day in New York. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not bad. I mean, not great. No, but... no, it was fine. It was just it's just it's unnecessary. Sandy Circus, like... I'll take that. Yeah. Um fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Good, uh, good payday for him. Well, King Kong actually like it, it inspired people to commit suicide by jumping off the Empire State Building. Oh. There's been 39, 36 successful suicides. One failure though. Oh. 1979, a depressed woman named Evita Elvita Adams jumped from the 86th floor. The gust, uh, there was a giant gust of wind, and it the gust blew her back onto the building one floor below, and she broke her hip. Oh. That is fucking incredible. Yeah. Ah, oh. <laughs> Ow. Shit. Yeah. Uh, here's a fun thing. If you uh, are feeling suicidal, you can text 741-741 and text the suicide prevention hotline. Huh. It's good to know if you don't want to, you know, you don't want to talk to someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, but, man, if they don't text you back. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's yes. hard times. Or they text you back with some weird emojis you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to fuck? <laughs> Uh, this is uh, 1934. The great paintings from this guy, O. Louis, O. Louis uh, Guglielmi. Mm. Uh, he was, uh, I think, he's an Italian Sounds artist. Foreign, uh, <laughs> but he's, he's amazing. I got one for you here. But okay. there's elements of uh, precision, precisionism, surrealism, geometric abstraction, regionalism, and social realism in all of his works. Okay. Here's here's this one I'm going to show you guys. It's called The Terror of Brooklyn. Okay. It's Jay Z. Yeah. It's these two folks. They're like in a glass uh, a jar, kind of. Right. Well, Look, the, looking at the the businesses and there's b- there's Bottle a city of Candor. It's a motor car nearby. It's this strange kind of. Let's see what I'm looking at here. He's got some weird, you know, some some, some fun shapes. It looks and, like they're kind okay. of like portraying sort of. Uh, uh, Both looks like modern society here. It looks like a few uh, terrified people inside a glass uh, jar. A glass jar observing a world. Right, that, that they are not a part of. Mm-hmm. Right, it seems kind of normal outside the jar, mm-hmm. but why are they in it and so afraid of it? But here's some great ones where you can, it's kind of, you can see um, Salvador Dali type stuff mm-hmm. where um, mm-hmm. it, it, there, there's there's some absurdity to it and the shapes don't always make sense. 
Yeah, he's he's a really good one of the Brooklyn Bridge, and I think he's one of this painting of something in Phoenix, I think, I can't remember. But It's uh, very, very interesting. I don't know why, but yeah, it is very Dali-like. It's not as trippy, but there is some uh, unsettlingness to it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Curious. 1938, Hmm. War of the Worlds. Hey, now that's something I can get behind. I I didn't know uh, that was... That was uh, that affected New York. Oh, uh, it's the worlds. It was well because New York was uh, the the aliens like landed in New Jersey, right? But they're like this place smells like shit. But a lot of it was involved New York. Yeah. Um, uh, it uh, it was it's called a uh, Wells is his new New York disaster play, and so uh, there's 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 problems in Buffalo, Chicago, St. Louis, uh, and the but the objective is New York City. Right. So the aliens take New York City, uh, and it and it 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 caused so many problems. There's this there's a quote from a woman in Indianapolis, and she said, "New York is destroyed. It's the end of the world. You might as well go home to die." I just heard it on the radio. Damn. So it was like, uh, that now was, that was an H.G. Wells story. It was an H.G. Wells story that Orson, by Orson, by Orson, Orson Wells, Wells, which is no always relation. confusing. Yeah. No relation. No relation. Yes. Yes. Different spelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but great. Well, how great is that? Yeah. And I mean. And it. Catapulted. I mean, the first probably uh, uh, format where they they de- they were delivering it as fact, like as yes. as a news bulletin. I don't know if that had ever been done. No, it wasn't. A, I don't think it was perfect. Well, at, at the end of the entire thing, he yeah. made a speech saying, "Hey, this is a fun little play. I right. hope you enjoyed but, it." This, didn't but if you happen. tune in, fucking in the middle of yeah. it, you don't. Know. Sure, sure, sure. You already bought forty jars of pickles. Or- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like- Start bottling your piss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you get all that sulfur. <laughs> yeah. No, you're like, you're like, it, kicks, it kicks it up. A notch. It does kick it up a notch. <laughs> yeah, you fucking, you already killed your neighbor you yeah. hate. And you fucking... start breaking open your stored bottles of piss. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> I finally get to drink all this piss I've been storing. Thank you, Alex Jones. But uh, some people thought the Martians were actually Germans. Oh. But also, this is 1938, and so it's been a decade of depression, economic instability, uh, another threat of a world war. And so people were kind of clamoring for destruction. Right. Yes, there's a, it's a fetish. There's a quote from somebody. I, I, it says, "I was looking forward with some pleasure to this destruction of the entire human race." Yeah. You're just going through all of these things, and you're like, "Well, just do it already. Rip it up and start again." Yeah, yeah, straight up. Well, that's the thing about. Um, uh, I, I just read that book, Tribe, by Sebastian Younger, mm. and he wrote A Perfect Storm, War. He, I think, he did Restrepo, the documentary, and in the book they talk. He talks about. Uh, all these traumatic events that people share, like London during the Blitz. Yeah. Um, uh, people, like some people who are in concentration camps and stuff, any, or anybody that has these like shared sufferings, they look back on them these times as the best of their lives. Yeah. Right. Because they had purpose, they had clarity, they had a sense of community, they had a common goal right there's just a vibrancy to life that yeah. you don't have in uh yeah in peaceful times exactly yeah. and uh i think that's kind of you know i mean all of our biggest fucking movies are these disaster movies other yeah. than superhero movies but even those even are those end are, of the world yeah. disaster movies and like yeah you kind of clamor for that i mean we have a fetish for it yeah because you know but you know I, my, you know what you're gonna do when that happens right mm-hmm. well yeah my opinion on that also is that um and this is maybe a stretch for some people, uh, but my my firmly held belief about the rise of disaster culture in in cinema being, 
I mean, so so intense. It's it's parodied. You know, this is the end and stuff like that. Yeah. It's such a big deal in cinema to show the end of the world because I think everybody knows with climate change and stuff like that that we are facing the end of the world. Yeah. And I think they they understand that, but they're 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 not really dealing with it. But the 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 world subconscious is dealing with it through art that way. Yeah. So there's and this it's the same way that that um the, the the thirst for gore movies during wartime. Yeah, that's when Saw comes out. Is when mm-hmm. we're in Iraq. That's when Hostel comes yes. out. The 1970s in Vietnam is fucking you know uh, Halloween and fucking uh, you know I mean all that yeah. shit. All mm-hmm. all the the grossest horror shit always happens at times of I'm not actually seeing bloodshed and I want to see it. Right. right, and we're destroying the world and I want to see the world destroyed. Right, so I, I know how see, to, I got to at least see what I got to know yeah. how to to deal with it. Exactly that, yeah. and that's that's especially true when you think of um, you know they. They say that the reason you have everyone has nightmares, and, and a lot of times they're very specific nightmares, like being chased by an, a monster or an animal, yeah, or dealing with some kind of crazy invasion or a bombing or whatever like that, is because it is your subconscious preparing you for those moments, so that you've gone through it in some existential way before, yeah, so that you don't shit yourself when it does happen right, right, and you can right. kind of deal with it when you are being chased through the woods That's by a wolf fascinating and when you think of movies as our collective dreams mm-hmm. then that's exactly what it is yeah it's preparing us for the end of the world right so when you do see the fucking three thousand foot tall tidal wave coming from deep impact yeah, you know, I mean, you're not gonna do anything about it. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, what but it the... is a weird way to kind of prepare you for it. And nothing can prepare you for it, but it right. is a processing of it. It gives you comfort to it... think you're prepared for it. Yeah. yeah, there's there's some which weird... might be all you need. Yeah. to get through it. Yeah, and that kind of that stuff also comes out if you ever do like uh, just like stream of consciousness writing. Mm-hmm. The yes. stuff that you will come out with, you'll be like, I just didn't even fucking know that was in my head at all. Mm. You know, it, it, your subconscious really comes out when you're just kind of like doing all this stuff. And you'll look back at it even years later and be like, oh, this was totally because of this. And I was writing that because what was going on. Right. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, how is my subconscious more insightful than my <laughs> conscious mind? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah well, that, I mean, we can't get into that rabbit hole. Tell yeah. me more about blowing up uh, New York. Okay. <laughs> uh, 1945. Uh, this is a real story. A B-25 from Massachusetts to Newark hit the Empire State Building between 79th, 78th and 79th floors. Killed 13 people. Whoa. Damn. Did it uh, fall down? No. Mm. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a hologram. Whoa. February 12th, 1940, Time, Magazine's pub- Time Magazine publishes a story called Might Have Been. And they talk about how some Columbia University science- physicists were cracking uranium atoms with neutrons uh, like like a bo- a small boy cracks nuts, they said, and uh, uh, an explosion almost happened, which would have leveled the entire city. Hmm. And Time- then what year is this? Nineteen forty. Oh wow! And this is this is a might have been story in the New York Times. In the in, no Time magazine. Time magazine written by. Uh, I don't. It doesn't I, say I, I who say. wrote this. Might have been Elseworld story, but it is eerily similar to how the nuclear bomb was created. Right. Very very interesting. Mm. Because the so there's all of these disaster stories, and then we Do make it. a disaster. Yeah, right. We drop the bombs. Yeah, and uh, this part of the it was kind of a, the part of the reaction in America was to the article. No, to, to the bombs. Oh yeah, 
was, was, was as much as it was good to win the war, it was fr- all of a sudden we realized these things could happen to us now. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, there's one, there's this uh, article called 50 Years of Fear uh, by Lyndon, Lifton and M- Mitchell, and they wrote, in exploring the bombs over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we frighten no, no one more than ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you look at there, there's this great, like, uh, well, that's like the, collect- that's the fear about the, the, the uh, that nobody can take us down but ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah, because right, we're right. so, and that, and it is true. And you watch like those, uh, I've been fascinated by the time lapse, uh, representations of all the nuclear detonations in history. Mm-hmm. They show the world map. Oh yeah. And they just show blips. And of, then. <laughs> of when the nuclear, what nuclear bombs were dropped in where. So like, you know, Alamogordo, New Mexico. Yeah. And then. Hiroshima, Nagasaki. And then after that, yeah. it is just like US Russia, 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 Russia China, India, China, India, France, US Russia, it just US and Russia just and it looks like a nuclear war. If you're watching like war games, you're like, yeah. so oh where, my God. Were, where were they dropping all these? On themselves. But underground no. or I'm fucking above ground in the ocean, in the in the stratosphere. There's been so we've had a nuclear war. We, right. there, there have been They're, people in Vegas who got cancer because of the wind. Wow. Yeah. It's bad, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's children of the atom. Right. That's the, right. There are people that think that you know, there's, there's so much cancer now because of the atomic age, and I don't know if there's any science behind that, but you, there have been new... I mean, there just hasn't been the death and destruction of a, of, of a true nuclear war because right. the bombs weren't exploded right. over the city. It, it was a poorly aimed nuclear yeah. war. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There have been right. so... It, you watch it and you realize it's two nations, mainly two nations, mm-hmm. of cutters. Absolutely. So worried about what the other one is going to do. Like, we're so worried that... Well, we were, or we are. So worried that Russia is going to bomb us. Or Russia was so worried that we were going to bomb them. That they bomb the shit out of themselves. Yeah. Right, yeah. What? <laughs> but also, it's like this thing of, like, we need to make sure that this thing works so well. Um, so let's drop it on us. Uh, that. <laughs> no, well, we need to see it, because it has to work really well to kill the people that already killed all of us. It's like, what do you even care? Yeah. yeah. You're dead. <laughs> and in a weird way, like, so far, mutually assured destruction has worked. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you kind of... Uh, but it only has not work once. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. But maybe it worked. John W. Campbell Jr., he wrote this uh, article, The Astounding Science Fiction Anthology, and he just wrote, Every major city will be wiped out in 30 minutes, like two men having a duel with flamethrowers in a vestibule. New York will a be vestibule? A, a vestibule? New York will be a slag heap, and any extensive form of government will be impossible. Wasn't there a flamethrower fight in Mandy? <laughs> yes, there was, I believe. That sounds fun. But it was not in a vestibule. No, no, no. It was in a forest. <laughs> and then, so, but then after Hiroshima, then, uh, in 1945, the Hiroshima bomb was already out of date. Uh, like, all, all of these... All news. All of these... Uh, the, Get over it. All of these writers, they were like, well, uh, the next thing's going to be even worse. Right, right. We're obviously leading up to something. And then uh, uh, Reader's Digest uh, wrote a, uh, had a story, uh, Hiroshima, USA, which is about a bomb hitting New York City. And then Collier's Magazine did another thing called, also called Hiroshima, USA. Can anything be done about it? And it has this amazing front cover. I'm going to show you guys the front cover and the page on the inside of the front cover from Collier's Magazine, 1950. This is an amazing uh, uh, artwork by Chelsea Bonestall. 
Ooh. Mm. Yeah, Chelsea Bone Stuff. Okay. It's a great contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're really... Um... Well, it, it, you're seeing you're seeing the, the total devastation of uh, of an American city, presumably New York. Yes, and uh, then uh, just uh, good high times in a an American living room parlor. Ah, uh, there's a um, <laughs> isn't that great? Oh, very like Norman Rockwell. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got like a very pulpy uh, city being blown up, and it looks like you know Harper's Bazaar, like women's. It's like ah, magazine. Yeah, well, Collier, yeah, Collier's was, uh, I didn't know it existed until The Simpsons made a joke about it. Oh, really? Yeah, Mr. Burns made a joke about it, because uh, Homer was there. Huh. Uh, it was the Trillion Dollar Bill episode. Okay, okay. Yeah. Any, any references of vastly outdated magazines? Yes, exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking Very. fantastic. So in 1950, Collier's published that, and in 1951, they published an article called World War III, Preview of the War We Do Not Want. So basically, they were just like, here's everything that could happen in World War III. Yeah, you because know, right. that old Einstein thing, right? That old Einstein quote, maybe mm. it's apocryphal, maybe it's not. Yeah. Whereas, like, World War Three uh, will be fought with nukes, World War Four will be fought with stone. I know not what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but I do yes. know World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. Yeah, something, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, like you said, after the the brutality of, of the First World War, uh, Second World War was unthinkable, and then yeah. it, it, it made the First World War look like nothing. Yeah. The Dark Knight was so good, yeah. it made us forget how good Batman began to <laughs> yeah, Right. Yeah. So, and World so, War II was so crazy. So then there's, there's nothing to stop you from yeah. thinking that World War Three yeah. is going to follow even hotter on the heels. Right. When in all likelihood, now knowing what we know now, it'll probably be uh, uh, a rogue state or lone actor i mean if you're smart you do you like you have one guy show up and disease the whole city or yeah. something you know it yeah. doesn't have to be a big presentation no. or you or or you it doesn't you, have to be a war in fact you could just have you it could just have to be a big pr campaign yeah. in fact maybe you just have a president who's on your side and you go yeah right you fly a small one-man craft into the heart of a giant empire and cause it to tumble from within with a training reaction well, yeah. I think I think probably what actually dissuaded everybody was just the, the, the increase in nine <laughs> eleven. Uh, it was also Star, Star Wars nine eleven. <laughs> Fuck shit! What I don't know anymore. I would say I would say the thing that that stopped it was was mainly uh, the increase in media. Stopped what? Stopped the acceleration of, of war in general. Period? In general, yeah. I would I would hmm. say people being able to see. Oh, that happened to them. It could happen to me. Oh, these guys had gas weapons. That was really bad. We should stop that. I think all of that stuff is really what... I think it, the war has been changed how they're fought. And how it's presented. I mean, because we don't let the reporters go after Vietnam. Yeah. We don't let the reporters go. No, 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 yeah. But, war uh, but, still but, happening but, in Yemen. But and... mass, on a massive, massive scale, uh, you know, people like repositioning the chessboard for power. Right, yeah. yeah that yeah. came, I think, to a grinding halt just because people were like, well, I think Hiroshima is still bad. You know, like, this is still obviously a nightmare. I mean, can you imagine the Bay of Pigs with the media we have today? Oh, it'd be a fucking fuck. nightmare. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a nightmare then, but it'd be a minute-by-minute minute nightmare. Yeah, yeah, you got fucking Anderson Jim's Cooper swimming behind you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pigs anywhere! <laughs> I'm here for the pigs. <laughs> Bay of Pigs. Oh, this was a feast! <laughs> There's not one <laughs> pig. Yeah. It's um, called the Bay of Pigs because we're all getting slaughtered. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the the X-Men are here. I mean, really, though, the Bay of Pigs? Jesus yeah. Christ. Could it be any more? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's a translation of the Spanish name for the, what it was called. No, yeah, but I'm saying also the event is like all of the fucking the, yeah, the, the, Bay of the gambling pimps try to reinvade and then get slaughtered by the peasants <laughs> that took up arms yeah. against them. Yeah. Couldn't have a better name ever. It's pretty great. Like, remember the Bay of Pig? People would talk about it like, remember the Bay of Pig? How awesome that was? Remember when those dudes tried to put us back into slavery and fucking put us out on the street to sell our buttholes? <laughs> All those dudes rubbing our butt clits? <laughs> Man, those were the good old days. <laughs> uh, fighting against Since this agrarian reform, nobody's touched my butt clit. <laughs> I don't even know if I have one anymore. <laughs> If you have one and nobody touches it, doesn't it matter. Just, <laughs> what's the sound of one butt clip <laughs> rubbing? What's the, what's the sensation of one unrubbed butt clip? <laughs> Back to destruction. 1952. Oh, no. There's this amazing film. I've never watched. I've never like really watched it, uh. but it's kind of brilliant. It's called Invasion USA. <laughs> 1952, a hydrogen bomb is, is dropped on New York City, and they show this by using newsreel footage from Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh, tasteful. Yes. Jesus. But it's kind of brilliant. Because you, sure. You know, you, sampling. It's already there. Somebody already shot it. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's good copy. I haven't, I haven't seen it. It's new to me. <laughs> speaking of tasteful, you know how they, they sold it by having the female stars dress up in skimpy outfits and stand next to model Empire State buildings. Yeah, it was a classy affair. Yeah, uh, but so from the ra- from the nukes, the next thing is Fallout, of course. Right. And so that leads to the 1953 movie, The Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. Mm. It's based on a 1951 Ray Bradbury story called The Foghorn, and it features a very lizard-like giant which has been sleeping in the Arctic, oh. and it's awoken by atomic testing. Uh huh. Get the fuck out of here! Are you serious? Very serious. Is this post Godzilla? This is pre-Godzilla. No. Yes. Post Malone. <laughs> 1953. 1953. A lizard-like beast is awoken. This is incredible. I've never yeah. heard of this before. A Ray Bradbury short story, The Foghorn. Damn. From 1951. And, uh, and so basically the, this beast shows up in New York, destroys everything, and then it gets stuck in a roller coaster on Manhattan Beach. Ain't that a bitch. It's, Wait, it's... Manhattan Beach, California? <laughs> no, no, no. New York City. Oh. They yeah. have a little roller coaster there. Yeah. It, it, it traps things. Yeah. I don't know if you heard. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, the height requirement. <laughs> Too high for this. Yeah, so do you think that was the deal is that somebody in Japan was like, nuclear dragon? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I mean, That's our thing! <laughs> now! We were the ones that got the nukes. Yeah. Dropped on us. Yeah. We like roller coasters. <laughs> it's caught, what a stupid fucking ending. Yeah. Roller coasters. Yeah, I mean, First we take Godzilla... <laughs> Then we take deep throat. Yeah. His tail got caught in the fucking loop-de-loop. Oh, shit, his butt clit's all caught up in that. <laughs> Fuck, rub it. <laughs> rub it. <laughs> rub it. Fucking Godzilla is an American invention. I knew it. Either, that, either way, it's a product. It's an American product. Yeah, it's either right, way. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a note here for 1954, Asa A. Allen, Vision of the Final Destruction of America. I didn't write anything else about it, so, you know, take it as you may. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. No taken. Uh, uh, Patreon listeners, do the research. Just do the research. Yeah, yeah, DMs. figure it out. Let us know what you think. <laughs> Go to work. But so also around this time, everybody was thinking, well, if New York is New York's going to get, if anywhere in America is going to get nuked, it's New York. So I'm not going to live in New York City. Sure. But I'm still going to work there. 
And so all of a sudden, people started, the sprawl started happening. Here's a a, a stat that kind of blew my mind. In 1940, New York had 7.9 million people. In 1940, they didn't hit 8 million until 2000. Yeah. Because people just moved out. They moved up or in. Yeah. So they went to Brooklyn. They went to Jersey. They went uh, wherever else exists in New York. Yeah, I, I think also the, the the city would cycle people out. Like you, you, you have people die. Well, no, buried, but I mean, you come to die a point, underneath their own heaps of trash in Harlem, <laughs> yeah. right? But you also come to a point where you're like, I'm fucking too old for this shit. Like yeah. everything else, and you know, yeah, it's you like, out. well, yeah, you know, like I mean, you know, I I told you, man, my dad was really like, hey, you ever, you want to move back to New York? And I was like, not really. Why? And he's like, well, it's just you know, it's just like a buzz to it. You know, he's like, you're like walking down the street, and then some homeless guy jumps out at you, and you're like, ah. That was the end of the this pitch. This is coming from your dad, who the first day he set foot on American soil, he was robbed. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah. He was hitting the head with a baseball bat, and everything he had was stolen. Uh, <laughs> the good old days. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, you know, it was like, you know, I, I understood what he was saying, but when you're 30, that's fine. And then you get married, and you have, like, a kid, and you're like, I need to get the fuck out of here, you know? Because my, yeah, mom, yeah. my, my mom had tons of stories where it was like, and then I kicked off my heels and ran for my life. Right. You know, uh, people doing uh, walk-ups, like new trends in robbing. Was, yeah. Walk-up was... Oh, right, yeah. Catch you before the door closes, chase you. chase you up to your apartment, steal everything, maybe kill you, or rape you, whatever the fuck happens. So, like, you know, all of that shit, people, like, you know, th- there wasn't the surveillance state. There was yeah. there was all that shit. There was, you could get away with crimes way, way more. And, you know, it was, yeah, the good old days, of course. Um, but... Yeah, at a certain time, you're just gonna you're gonna get out of it. Yeah, every everybody... there's a reason people go move to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody you like having your own shit than not getting it stolen. Yeah, but then you know, growing up in Long Island, I had to say that all of all 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 of the things these people talked about that settled in Long Island was the glory days in New York. Yeah, so it was one of those things where you're like, you're kind of telling me to stay away and that it's a nightmare, but also you're saying like that was the best time I ever had right, in my life. Right. So how can I... What do you want me to do? Exactly. You know? <laughs> and then if I don't do it, you're going to tell me I'm weak because I didn't. Right, right, exactly. Go fuck yourself. Right, yeah. We're going to go rob the 7-Eleven up the street? Come on. Get your butt click caught in a roller coaster, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> uh, 1959, The World, The Flesh, and The Devil is a movie starring Harry, Harry Belafonte. Hey! Oh, jump in the line. That's him, right? Yeah, yeah he's great. So he's a mine inspector in the movie, and a mine collapses while he's inspecting it. And these people are trying to get him out, and then one day, they're not trying anymore. Oh God! And he gets his, he gets out of there, and he discovers there's no one anywhere. And he, of course, as you do, you yeah. make your way to New York City, and he does the thing where he goes down Fifth Avenue, he goes down to Times Square. No there's nothing there. here. Yep. Wow. You do the 28 days later, back to the future walk or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, 1959, Richard Foster. I think this was a book. It's called "The Rest Must Die." And uh, the, basically, uh, the the New York is destroyed, but there's all these people in the subway, and so they oh. form their like society. But people start going crazy. Uh, one of them is a, a a woman goes stir crazy and takes off all her clothes and goes, "Are there any real men here?" <laughs> yeah, that's great writing. Uh, right, right. Jesus Christ. So were there? Yeah. <laughs> were they all into trains based on the lines? <laughs> F train forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A line supremacy. All these trains and no one wants to run one on me. <laughs> you faggots. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> I'm saying it as a character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, sold down. Hey. Uh, hey. I think at this time, uh, this story, Frederick Pohl's Knights of Arthur was published, and I only wrote this down because of this one line. This is from the story. Anyway, there wasn't much damage. Except, of course, that everybody was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Except, of course. <laughs> Other than that, everything was great. That's <laughs> very Garth Marenghi writing. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, just like, say, like, like divulging everything in three words. <laughs> also, the world had died. <laughs> and Move blood. On. Lots of blood. <laughs> Red blood. 1959, though, uh, The Twilight Zone comes out. Masterpiece. And it has these three... I mean, there's so many brilliant episodes, but there's three episodes specifically. 1959, Time Enough at Last with Burgess, Burgess Meredith. Meredith. Yeah, incredible. Hydrogen bomb. He's trapped in the uh, bank vault. Yes. And all he wants to do is read. And he makes but his he, way to the New York Library. And he's, and he's been annoyed by people his whole life. Yes. He's that, a curmudgeon that, about it. Kept him from his precious reading time. Yes. Yeah. Finally, he makes his way to the New York Public Library. And he has time enough at last to read his books now that no one's around to bug him. And what happens, Matt? What, doesn't it, don't his glasses break? He breaks his fucking glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the first time at that at that time in television where, like, a, a, an episode of a television show ended with the, the lead character going, Fucking motherfucker! <laughs> Fuck you! Are you fucking shitting me? And that's how he became the penguin. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 you fucking motherfucker. <laughs> I love. I love. It's also how he got Rocky. Yeah. Get up, you motherfucker! <laughs> I love. Because loves you. The those like unintentional trilogy. There's like a thing. I I don't know if it's Reddit or somewhere where, like um hodgepodge unintentional trilogies where you take a an actor. Oh yeah, yeah. And you and you make a a character arc for that actor out of three movies they've been in or three things they've been in. Yeah. Like you know, I think one of them is like Jake Jake Gyllenhaal. Starts out as Donnie Darko, trouble, Dark, Donnie Darko, troubled youth. Yeah, and then he becomes like uh, uh, a military officer in Jarhead, and then right. he becomes a police officer in uh, fucking the, End the, of Watch. End of Watch. Yeah, 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 one of those type of things or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. And I like to think of that for Burgess Meredith is that he's the, the live time of the last time of the last the penguin, with the penguin, <laughs> and, and then Mickey, then Mickey from Rocky. <laughs> You're a bum. <laughs> I broke my glasses after the war. <laughs> and I fought the bat. Those were the good old days. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm dead. <laughs> you can't fight. <laughs> You're fighting that Russian that dropped a bomb on me when I broke my glasses. <laughs> you fucking motherfucker. <laughs> the radiation becomes the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> the radiation causes a crazy yeah, city to become yeah, like Gotham. Yeah. Costume criminals kind of everywhere and around. shit. It's the reason for it. Uh, so the Twilight Zone had two other episodes uh, in a similar vein. 1961, one called Midnight Sun, where this uh, there's this woman. She's painting. She's a, she paints in her apartment. And all the sun keeps coming closer and closer to New York City. Yes. And so everybody is gonna, feels like they're going to burn. And she's in her apartment, and she's painting this painting of New York burning. And some guy breaks in, and he's like, ah! And she kick, you know, she f- fends him off. Fuck out of here. And then she falls asleep, and she wakes up, and she realizes she'd been dreaming. Mm. But ter- New York is freezing. Ah, oh, the sun's going further away! Really? Very wow, good that's math. a good one. Very, very good math. Uh, 1962, the one My called... My subconscious is all wrong. <laughs> yeah. I was Shit. dreaming. What the fuck? 1962, there another episode called One More Pallbearer. And it's a millionaire who all of these people have wronged him over his life. So he tricks them that New York is going to be destroyed and they're safe in this bunker he built. 
And they get in the bunker and he plays them all these scenes and sounds of New York being destroyed. And then it turns out he, uh, that it wasn't. But he gets so obsessed with it that he believes it. Mm. Huh. And he starts seeing New York as a destroyed place. And it ends with him as a huddled homeless guy on the sidewalk and people are walking around him. Whoa. Going into department stores as if they're abandoned, just grabbing shit. <laughs> well, everybody's dead. Hey, man, you can't take that. Uh, Manic- mannequins are talking again. Uh, I don't see you. I, I, I don't. I never, uh, never saw that episode. The first two, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the second two actually, and I, I feel like I've watched a ton of Twilight Zone, so that's uh, that's good to know that there's. Shout out to Twilight Zone, man. Dude, it's oh, so incredible. God. Yeah, I think if they're still all on Netflix. Really? I mean, yeah. for a while they were, and so was original Star Trek. Uh. But the Twilight Zone is, it, they all fucking hold up. They're such universals and like... They had, uh, the for the first time, they were able to just launch a fleet of sci-fi writers that had been working in like low-rent yeah, publications novellas and that had pulp. brilliant ideas and were just living a magazine life. And then they Richard were like... Richard Matheson. And then they just turned them fucking loose on TV. And but, you, but still, the bulk brought... Sterling, yeah, Sterling, Sterling, Sterling is Sterling. all all over it, and uh, yeah, Matheson is absolutely incredible. But I mean, yeah, I mean, just think about starting that show and being like, I can call this guy, and I can call this guy, and I can call this and guy. Now let and, me put it on TV. Yeah, and the, like all of these, during the Cold War. Yeah, and the most the most um, ambitious. I mean, you're talking about the most ambitious stories in the world in a half hour program with commercials. Yep, it's completely insane, and it went on for twenty years. It didn't go on that long. Or, or rather, it went on, and then they brought it back. Well, they, they, they tried to in the 80s. It weirdly wouldn't stay popular all the time. I think it was right. too heavy for people. It's, yeah, it's, probably, it's super heavy. So they would try all this different shit with it. The network would be like, okay, now we're going to hour-long episodes, and, and then we're going to try these new TV cameras, and we're going to drop the from the name. Right. It's just Twilight, Twilight Zone. Right. And it's like... <laughs> The fuck difference is that gonna make? Yeah, what are you they doing? went. They went to a period where it looked really soapy. Yeah, it got very, very soapy. Very like British uh, early soap opera. It's so weird when you, you lose the sheen. The sheen is gone, and, and you it, get... you're in the room. Yeah, it's mm. weird. It's super weird, and it yeah, it's, it's unsettling. It, it's unsettling in in, in in a very the way Black Mirror is too. There's, there's yeah, very much so. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Zone. So Twilight Zone drops those three yes, yes. episodes about the end of the world. 1961, James and the Giant Peach. Uh, the Peach is the Peach is going to destroy the city. Right. Uh, I'm going to try to go through. We're, we're running out of time here. I want to go through these though. 1964. I think this is a fascinating movie called Failsafe. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it opens with the USA accidentally nukes the USSR. Oops. And well. so they debate this, and they say, "Well, the only way to make this right is to nuke ourselves." Yes. And so the entire movie is basically just shots of guys debating this whole thing. It's just guys in rooms debating this. That's so cool. And it ends It ends with the, the last minute of the movie is all these scenes from New York of people just doing their life, just flashing in front of the screen. There's this screeching sound. It ends with a small boy just on the street, and then it goes to black. Damn. So the... the uh, that's so bad. Uh, that's so cool. The, it, to, to make it seem like a true mistake, they have to nuke ourselves? We have to nuke ourselves. Well, because it was a mistake, well, and they're saying the only way to make this right to stop it spiraling out of hand is is is, is to have now, plausible deniability. Or no, no, just no, say no. like, "Hey, my bad." We're g- you get one, you get one, and but we're gonna do it ourselves. Oh, uh, and and choose New York. <laughs> yeah, well, not Des Moines. Yeah. yeah, not Des Moines. Yeah, well, they probably hit you know some highly populated Russian city. 
possibly. Or the writers just hated New York. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I wanted to be a, a, a an author. <laughs> not, nobody nukes L.A. No, no. In, mo- in movies, L.A. is always fine. Yep. It's so other true. than like Independence Day and a couple other yeah, Escape from L.A. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. LA's fine. Yeah. But it's true. always just fucking up New York. New York is just so built up, is what I was going to say. Right. That, that, that's the reason why. Yeah, if you're going to destroy LA, you got some ground to cover, buddy. Yeah, you got to you get Palisades or yeah. Montebello. But we all know from being kids when you, when the, the, the most fun part about building up your Legos is fucking trashing them, pissing them. Yeah, oh, your yeah. fucking Lincoln Logs is like wrecking everything. That's yeah. the fucking payoff. That's why everybody, I think, uh, has this vision about New York. Yes. Yeah, when you build up your Lego set, you're not building out. Uh, the L.A. Basin. Exactly. You're, you're yeah. building up towers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so in the 60s and 70s, we, we get to this theme because New York is, in, is just physical economic decline. And so the, there's, there's four themes. Devastated and dangerous New York is walled off from the rest of the world. It's a city of infertility, a city destroying itself through urban renewal and removal of blight, quote unquote, a city ru- ruining itself through environmental degradation. Mm. And so 1968, we get Planet of the Apes. Uh, 1969, Danny Lyon is a photographer. He publishes this amazing series called The Destruction of Lower Manhattan, uh-huh. where he, you know, it's just pictures of all the things he loved in Manhattan, and they're slowly whittled away for new things. You know, uh, 1970, there's a movie called 30 Seconds Over New York, and uh, some terrorists, they blow up a plane, and then they bring another plane substituting that, and has a nuclear device on it, and it uh, drops it on New York. Uh, 1970, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And then 1973, Soylent Green. Yeah. Charlton Heston. A lot of Charlton Heston here. Yeah. Dude. Fucking Soylent Green. Is Omega so Man. Oh, yeah. I'm not necessarily New York, but post apocalyptic Charlton Heston, Richard Matheson. Yeah. Uh, then in real life, uh, uh, so New York is, is, is thinking about declaring bankruptcy in 1975. And Gerald Ford makes a speech where he's like, I'm not going to help you. And so the Daily News published their famous uh, title Ford to City, Drop Dead. Wow. That's fun. Yeah, New York in the 70s was a rough time, huh? Uh, yeah. Well, and that's what... That guy shot those kids on the but, train. But right. the, the, the thing is that... And he's a hero. People don't remember this, but there was people in Congress before the fires were out and the bodies were counted in 9-11 that were like, no federal money for New York. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's always People in Congress, yeah. on the record, being like, yeah, there's always been a lot of it's, a, a you know lot it's, of it's all the places that get the most federal aid. Absolutely, yeah. and they're and they're like they're fine. They're they're a, they're a self sustaining business. Fuck New York, and 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 no shame about it. After like, I mean, the time where like everybody really needed to get together at least to save face, right? Yeah, and they still had the balls to be like, no, not them. Yeah, but you know they talk about New York declining, but like everywhere was declining. Yeah, at that time, sure, it's just New York was the most visible thing. Yes, right, right, right. Uh, but then I think this this leads to I really I think what is the peak of the destruction of New York in fiction? Uh, uh, 1981, the attack of the giant baby. Yes, of course. Uh, sure. Which is you know it broke the Empire State Building in half. It's a baby. So you know? right, right, right. He knows not what our he does. Unresolved id taking over yes, yes. and ruining our industry. Yeah. But 1981, Escape from New York. Hell yes. It was it was it was such a brilliant movie that. People who thought New York was dying, they were like, this is evidence of it. And people who thought New York wasn't dying, they were like, this is a brilliant parody. Yes. Oh, yeah. So everybody on both sides of it would totally bought into it. It's totally, it's totally uh, the, the, the all in the family. Yeah. You like R.C. Bunker or you hate him, but everybody watches it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, 
John Carpenter is just uh, a saint. He's yeah. done like he's just so great. Everything he's done has been so like visionary. That's yeah, it's incredible. Um, they live and everything. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Fucking big trouble in little China. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they're so they're so eighties emblematic too. Like it, it it's it's kind of it's kind of pulp, but highfalutin in a weird way. Yeah, it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's unique. He it's very unique to him. It's his own thing. Yeah, nobody makes those movies but nobody, him. The, yeah. John Carpenter is a brand of movie. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron was the uh, special effects guy on Escape from New York and that that flyover scene where it's like the grid of the city is a practical effect no shit they have like black felt over models like a 3D model of the city like built up out of cardboard and stuff with black felt over it and he had glow tape all Hmm. over the edges it's not a computer generated image it's like a camera flying over a model city with glow tape over it wow that was the thing about James Cameron he was like a, a wizard for practical effects like that and then yeah. he eventually became king of the world right right right, right. uh i forgot about this in 1976 billy joel released this uh classic billy joel lame shit oh <laughs> <laughs> do you uh and i like um only the good die young sure mm-hmm. the turnstiles album Baby. <laughs> oh, he rocks, huh? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh wow. Huh. He's reached civil war. Clarence Worley. It's a hard R there, but Billy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a lame Billy Joel song. This is. This is someone pretending to do a Billy Joel song. <laughs> yes, so bad. Without getting the rights. You guys know all the girls getting horny in this show? Dude, apparently <laughs> Billy Joel, disaster. like, back in high school, he was like a fucking... Oh, he's a brilliant piano player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people love that shit. Yeah. Listomania. <laughs> all right, I gotta keep going. You keep gotta... going! Uh, 1981, this movie Wolfen comes out. Wolfen. And it's kind of a piece of shit, but it's kind of interesting, because all these, like, people are dying from these uh, random wolves. They're like, where's what are the creatures... Uh, and uh, I think the tag is life that life that will prey on us just as we prey on this earth. Mm. And it ends with someone go to the ghetto, to the slums of your cities, the graveyards of your fucking species. In their eyes, you are the savages, because the wolfen are animals that were pushed out by uh, you know all the building and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I ain't gonna die in no ghetto by no wolf. <laughs> uh, in, uh, in 1982, though, there's this crap movie called 1990 Bronx Warriors. Uh, uh-huh. and basically, uh, 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 the Bronx is declared no man's land, and authorities give up all attempts to restore law and order. It's basically kind of like a ripoff. Of, escaped from New York. But it has this great quote from a guy in a helicopter. If we're up to me, I'd clean the whole goddamn borough with napalm, sizzle them out of existence. Just thank your lucky stars we never have to go down there. I'm just fine as long as we keep flying above those creeps. Wow. Jesus, look at him. Scum of the earth. The lousy cockroaches think they own the whole fucking borough. Look at him. Enough to make a vomit. 
That's what I think. Let's that, that's, I mean, that's straight up. I ain't gonna die in no goddamn ghetto. That's 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 the height of it. My mother was from the Bronx. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. You know, um, I think it's probably like still one of the the non gentrifiable parts of New York. You know. Yes, the Bronx is still the Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx is still the Bronx. I mean, Queens is. I mean, everything's a lot better, but but that one wasn't like the overnight transformation of Brooklyn or anything like yeah. that. You know. But, uh, so we're, we're at 1982 now? Yeah, 1983, after the fall of New York, dis- uh, disease destroys the world. New York has some survivors. And then uh, some, some people have to go into New York to find the survivors so they can take them to the galaxy Alpha Centauri and start a new human race. Is there an interracial breeding? Uh, yeah, I think at that point there are. Intergalactic breeding. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 1983, Endgame. Breeding rainbow. <laughs> breeding rainbow. 1983 Endgame. It's the year 2025. Nuclear Holocaust has left New York City an irritated but not abandoned wasteland. Uh, Scavenger packs and telepathic mutants are persecuted by the elite survivors. It becomes a reality television program. Oh, if it's not anti-Semitic. Yeah. Yeah, The elite television producers exploiting the underclass. You know who we gotta get on screen is these telepathic mutants. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So imagine How sc- are we gonna trick them? Imagine the scumbag being able to read your mind. You got forty dollars. <laughs> I know it. Slice and dice. Coming to get you. Uh, yeah, I so couldn't so afford to leave the Bronx. But they can read minds, but not books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mutant. You take this boy out of the Bronx. But then in the the by the the, the uh, later eighties, the New York started coming back, and then we get its urban renewal. Mm-hmm. And 1984 Ghostbusters. Sure. Hell. The city has survived the downtimes. Now the city is fighting back. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. It's got to mm-hmm. deal with this, pol- this, you know, this poltergeist. Right. And so... It is, yeah. It's a, the, the, I guess they are kind of proud New York movies. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, so they've gone through everything, right? right. They've gone through nature... To uh, the inner city stuff, to war, then the fallout from war. Supernatural. Supernatural. And so what happens? Back to nature. 1980, or 1998, Armageddon, Deep Impact, Batman Cataclysm, Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Godzilla has the eggs in the Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Batman Cataclysm is like, a, I think there's like an earthquake and... Uh, like all the buildings basically collapse in Gotham. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's no man's land. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, so which Gotham is always unofficially New York in Batman yes. lore, but yes. it, it is. Um, um, that's right. Yes, no man's land. So then, do, so what happens after that? What? Oh, after that, two thousand one AI artificial intelligence comes out, and then nine eleven happens. So what happens in AI that's controversial? I don't think it's anything controversial. I, what, what, I, what I believe, if I remember this correctly, the story is of, like, uh, there's a young boy who is AI, and he replaced the dead son mm-hmm. of this family, and he's looking for his real family. Right. His, and so he walks, he's searching for them, and he, I think he ends up in Coney Island. And yeah, and he, he's, he's, pretty, he's underwater as, as climate change. I mean, just, even, not even just, I mean, the shape of the Earth changes over millennia, 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 and he, He's got like you know, and he basically an eternal battery running in there, and he's still a boy. And wow! Look, he's Pino- like the story models Pinocchio as like a, a he's a doll trying to 
become now, a real boy. Now, was that the one that was, that was Kubrick that then was taken yes. over by Spielberg? Yes, yeah, yeah, so it is. Yeah. It ends super Kubricky. It, it, I mean, it has like Spielberg all over it, but it, like the end, that third act where basically either future humanity right. or aliens come and they fucking pluck him out of the ice and they turn him back on and he's still this little boy looking for his mom. And he wow. still has his little like robot companion teddy bear. Right. And the little, I think the future humans or whatever they are like, well, you know, they treat him as like a sentient being. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can like reanimate somebody off their DNA, but like only for a day. I thought it was so cool though that, I mean, you know, Spielberg was already just like, you know, a massive brand, probably bigger and more popular than Kubrick. And he was just Absolutely. like, the the opportunity to finish a Kubrick thing was meant enough to him to... To be like, I, I would love to do that. Yeah. I wonder you know? how far Kubrick got in because it is super Spielberg-y. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but that third act is but, fucking But the, the, the reverence the for other directors is like, you know, after Jaws was a massive success, he hung out on the periphery of a, of a, of a Hitchcock lot and was just like, I want to get him. I just want to meet him. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Hitchcock kind of like turned his nose up at him and was like, I don't want to meet the man with the fish. That's what he called him. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah. But I always think I always think that's really cool about Spielberg is that he always was like he had, he still had heroes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so then nine eleven happens and New York is loved again. Yeah. Uh, this guy Jose Marti he, he wrote this about the eighteen eighty eight blizzard and he he called it the Jose Marti. Uh, there's a statue of him in uh, Echo Park. Oh. And oh. he is Cesar Romero's the Joker from the Batman TV yes. show. I think it's his grandfather. No shit. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. About the blizzard, he said, you know, he, uh, the response would he said, a, a sudden rush of kindness as though the dread hand had touched the shoulders of all men. Mm. And so suddenly, like, any, anything, uh, Spider-Man, all these things, there's this one uh, album from The Coup, Party Music, which featured uh, a guy pressing a tape player which was blowing up the trade center behind him. And so they had to change that to a yeah. martini glass full of gasoline. Right. You know, because they were party music. Yeah. Um, Episode so, of uh, The Lone Gunman. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an X Files spinoff. One of their episodes dealt with uh, uh, terrorists flying drone airplanes into the World Trade Center, right? And blowing them up. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, uh, you know. Afterwards, that was that was totally. I mean, people would take it out of uh, the Twin Towers out of the background in movies on TV. They changed the yeah, first trailers for Spider Man. Spider Man, yep. what you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They had big. It was a big. There was a bank robbery going mm-hmm. on. And, uh, you know, they got a fucking helicopter or whatever. And then all of a sudden the helicopter stops. You hear the shutter, the rotor stop. And yeah. You pan out. And there's a helicopter caught in between two giant, a big giant web in the Twin Towers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Like, it could have been one of the best, like, teaser trailers ever. Yeah. Certainly up until that point. And yeah. And had to take it off the air. Yeah. Well, I remember, I mean, I would fly in, you know, in and out of New York when I was a kid. And we would go, we would go back to Ireland and stuff like that and, like, visit family. And flying in and out, it was always, like. The first thing you could tell about New York was the Twin Towers. Yeah. It was so, it was just. Emblematic. It was so emblematic and striking. Like, you just pick it out. Like, it was so easy to pick out because it was such an unbelievably noticeable, massive thing. Yeah. That it's no wonder people would be like, that's the first thing we got to attack. Right. It's a symbol of. How can you miss it? It's not even the symbol of America. It's the symbol of of like you know world trade, world trade, globalism, elite yeah. capitalists, but also everything that America is about. Where yes. it's like it's not about nationality, it's not about country, it's about 
can you do a job and for how much? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And obviously people would hate that. The people who stomps all over. Well, the, the author of The City's End, Max Page, he, he opens by talking about how um, he, when he was a kid, he got the first version of Flight Simulator. Hey, nice. And so he was flying it in New York. It's just, it looks like, you know, it fucking looks terrible, of course. But the, the, the things that, there's two things that make you recognize New York, and it's the trade centers. Yeah. yeah. And so what did he do? He flew his plane in the World Trade Center. Right. Because it's a flight simulator. Yeah, yeah. And I, it kind of leads me to this, uh, Slavoj Zizek, uh, he's a, a writer uh, and a, a thinker of sorts, I guess. I don't know that much about him. But this was his comment on 9-11. He said, it's just another media spectacle. A catastrophe version of the snuff porno movies. Mm. America got... <laughs> America got what it fantasized about, and that was the biggest surprise. He's not... That is deep, dude. That is deep. He's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know... That's very, very, very cutting. Yeah. What a very... Very cynical. But it's also so, like, you can't really say he's wrong. Yeah, is that Doc Dart's pen name? (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, it is like a thing of, like, you guys have always wanted. Isn't this what you wanted? Yeah, exactly. Now you get to have your common enemy. You get to fly your flags on your SUVs. Yeah. You get to have everything you wanted. You get to hate the brown people. Right. You get to go fight for oil. Yeah. You get to, uh... And then, and then... You get to have your movie about it with Nick Cage. The the public, uh, (laughs) you know, reaches up and asks... What can we do? Yes. And the president says, buy, buy a TV. <laughs> buy a TV. Buy a TV. Isn't that a motherfucker? <sighs> oh, God. So the only time, like, like, I always think about that. Like, I'm like, you know, when, when the country is, is called upon, the country always responds, like, in the, in the Second World War and stuff like that. And I was just like... And the fact that it's a, like, a TV... Go buy that box that spews the information. Oh, right, to you. right, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, yeah. like reach out to the guy on the street yeah, and say, hug you your know, neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was always like, you go, know, if America go. declared a war on 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 climate change, you know, Americans for the most part are pretty dutiful and patriotic, and they would be like, "That's the mission. That's what we're doing. Let's go do it." Yeah, yeah. we've we're pretty, we've struck out on most wars lately. Uh, right, poverty, <laughs> drugs. But you know what I mean, yeah. like like giving giving the nation a cause. Nom. Because it's like, you Christmas. know, the war on drugs is like, you know, saying, uh, you know, the war on that person you don't admit you love fucking. Right. The war on your ex who won't answer yeah, your phone yeah, calls. The war on Charlene. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes she picks up. <laughs> then it's a good time. And I still love you. But you know what I mean? Like, like I was just like, if, 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 if ever the fucking country was just like, yo, this, this shit is like, we're all going to die. We need to do something like yeah. right now. I always think Americans w- would be pretty, pretty good about coming. But getting that message, getting a clear message out is, is damn near impossible now because there's just contrarians. Right. But I mean, after 9-11 was such a time where it was just like everybody was seriously like, what can I do to help? And we got totally, but bent. not too much. Right, oh, but right, right, right. but we we also were told, mind your own business, basically <laughs> yeah. by the government, being like, we'll take care of that, yeah. and private companies will take yeah. care of that. Yeah. You just keep buying TVs and uh, yeah. keep the economy going. It's like because we've what? got we've got Ford F one fifties to blow up. I mean, like imagine <laughs> sell, imagine yeah. like a, a country of three hundred million people that were would probably you know be like ready to do volunteer work or, or whatever it took. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we would have recycled like like some other fuckers if oh, it was like yeah. go recycle. And we yeah, rat, we rat, I mean they came up with margarine because we were using butter for the troops. Exactly. Or, you know, like yeah. exactly. aluminum. It was tin foil. Then it had to become aluminum foil. Right. Yeah. Like 
we have, uh, you know, we had victory gardens. We did. Even That's though, the thing that Bill Maher says. He's like, you know, when you when you saw somebody during the war, you wouldn't be like, what are you up to? Because, you know. Yeah. We're all I'm pitching making, in. I'm making rivets. <laughs> yeah, we, we know that. We know what you're doing. Yeah. Because we're all doing it. We're all pitching in. And that brings it back to the Sebastian Younger tribe stuff, is that the, the issue with America, that American unlike Europe, it never had one war within its own borders. Mm-hmm. And the war was always out of sight. Yeah. I mean, Vietnam... Well, the Civil War. Yes, sure. Right. And that... But then eventually it brought the nation quote-unquote quote, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But after that, I mean, that's 100... That was 150 years ago. Uh, and I mean, it kind of inflamed the tribalism in its own way, too. That We're, we're yeah. still dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah. But we never... We never had an outward enemy fought on our soil. Right. right. We've never yes. been invaded. We didn't have the other to unite against. And uh, and that was part of part of the umbrage about 9-11 was just like, how fucking dare you? And, let's see, it's, and then it's like, try living in another country yeah, where you get attacked yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Drones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that guy that killed that whole wedding party? There's there no guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're scared of the sun. Fucking, yeah. what, a, a Tesla? Yeah. <laughs> just came over. And... Matt, that was absolutely fantastic. I Great. love it. Great. I Fuck really, New really York. did love that. <laughs> I, 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 guess, I guess I'm not surprised that there's not a ton of anti-New York uh, 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 or New York destruction literature after 9-11 because it became too real. Well, uh, well, again, it's part of, it's part of the rhythm Cycles. of it. Right. Now, uh, Cronenberg in 2012 had a movie called Cosmopolitan where there's this Cosmopolis billi- Cosmopolis I'm sorry thank you where there's like billionaires riding in a limo while the world is New York yeah. is dying around yeah, it's, um, him so yeah. Robert Pattinson it's inner, inner tor- turmoil is now you can do that you can't destroy New York yet yes but right. it is brewing yes yeah it is reconciling wonder, with itself also, and its own corruption that, Occupy Wall Street that yeah. was another thing that was New York kind of the lower class yeah revolting against its Masters, and you found out exactly who that how that went when Chase paid the NYPD to kick people. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Yeah. totally, totally. The the thing I was wondering was, you know, it is a microcosm. Yeah, I would say the 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 kind of um, New York was maybe the inheritor to the world uh, prestige stage uh, from London. I would say, sure, yeah. So there must be also a ton of yes destroy yes, London. Yes. not just 28 days later but or there's, v for Vendetta there's probably a ton of of olympus has fallen post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. uh london shit too because that yes. is the uh, other world the time, i think the time machine it, that's hg wells yes. and, and that involves uh post-apocalyptic london and so much that he goes into the future so do you think it's just always that that it's just always the the, the biggest symbol yeah. of, of of world power or whatever is, is you just think about it going down you have to you have to have some stand in for society right right. Yeah. Like, but also it is probably what you're saying the dream thing where it's just like what do we do when the shit hits the fan and we have to act it out through these subconscious yeah or at least uh-huh. i mean imagine if, if it's not preparation it's uh-huh. processing yeah and i do like the like dream i think campbell said that um dreams are our personal myths and myths are collective dreams mm-hmm. and i see movies as our collective dreams yeah and it's our way of kind of just like, I mean, you look, it's fucking and fighting mm-hmm. and being a hero. Yeah. Yeah. And what else is there? Well, you can always make a, take a, a dead body and you know, dress right. her up. Dress and her then, yeah, 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 yeah. You're you being can... a hero by fucking yeah, someone yeah, after you yeah, fought him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of your own little movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if you film it, too. <laughs> 
Guys, that was a great episode. That was fun. That was fun. Say good night. I love that. That was absolutely excellent. That was a long one. You guys got your fucking dollars worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking five bucks goes a long way on this show. I'm going to say good night, everybody. My name's John Fahey. Aaron Peter. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.